Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Father, it is a joy to gather together in your house, whether in person or uh, virtually. Uh, we thank you because in your house there is freedom. In your house, there is joy, peace. In your house, there's healing, just like we have sung, breakthroughs. In your house, we get to hear your word. And so I ask you, God, in this very moment, speak to us your word of life. I thank you that the word you speak to us will never return to you void. It will always accomplish what you've designed it for. Do it today, I pray, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Our theme this year, Awesome God, Do It Again, comes from a text in Habakkuk, which is our theme text, because it always has to come from God's Word. And it was a prayer by Habakkuk in uh, chapter 3 and verse 2. He prayed and he said, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day, in our time. Make them known. Now, one of the phrases there that jumps out for me, all of them are power packed. But Habakkuk saying, I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. I don't know if you sometimes have a moment to reflect on your life and look back on your life and just begin to connect the dots. The founder, co-founder of Apple and these iPads that we use on the Apple phones that many of us have, the iPhone, he was once invited to give a speech to university students, and it's one of his most famous speeches. And he divided his speech into three parts. And the very first part of that speech that Steve Jobs gave was a reflection on his story. And he themed that part connecting the dots. He was born to an unwed college student, graduate student. And because she was unwed due to some circumstances, she couldn't care for him. So even before he was born, she put him up for adoption. And uh, her desire was that uh, the adoptive parents should be college graduates. So the first couple that signed up to take on the unborn Steve Jobs waited. And when he was born, they had wanted a girl, not a boy. So they turned down. And then uh, uh, the available couple were not college graduates. And the mother struggled. But the couple said, we will uh, still provide for him education until he gets the college degree that you desire. And she accepted. And Steve Jobs took the time to always look at his story. He dropped out of school, by the way, and then 
he started Apple and uh, it began to grow. And when he was standing before these students, he talked about connecting the dots, never forgetting where he came from. Every one of us has a story. Every one of us. I remember when I went with Vanita to my birthplace up in northern Uganda, a little town called Awach. And I went and, uh, uh, to the hospital where I was born. There was a very old building there, which was likely the only hospital building in that village. And there were newer buildings. And I sat uh, and I stood there. There's a mango tree. Stood there, looked at the building and said, God, this is where you introduced me to planet Earth. Right in this place. And I went and saw the medical staff and administration and said, can I check the records? Because I wanted to see my record. They didn't have it. Uh, they didn't have records going back that, that far. But just the thought of this is where I was born in this little village. And then recall the time when my mom, who is with Jesus now, went and picked me up from school uh, down here, one of the schools, primary schools, brought me here at Watoro Church as a 10-year-old to watch Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames and sat on the fifth row. And that day, as a 10-year-old, I gave my life to Jesus. Right here. And then I went to secondary school and as a teenager, rebelled against God, walked away from God because I was trying to fit in with the rest who seemed to be cool. And as I uh, form for vacation was beginning. I wanted to go to a camp and I went with all kinds of motives. But while at that Christian camp, and that's why we do camps as Watoro Church, because there people meet God. I was confronted with the truth again about God and I renewed my commitment to Christ. And my friends then, and many of them new friends said, why don't you come and visit us at KPC then? You know, before we changed our name. And I said, I will come. And I came, walked, sat upstairs. I had no idea that I was stepping into my destiny. And the word was preached. The worship was amazing. And I can never forget Pastors Gary and Marilyn sharing vision of how we are called to be a church that is caring for the community. And my life began to feel like I don't just live for me. We live to be a blessing. I joined small group as a 16-year-old. I was the youngest in the small group, but I was so blessed in there. And through the years, university, struggling with finding out whether I would serve God with my career or in church. It was all happening in an environment here at Watoro Church with people advising us and helping us to grow. I connect all those dots to the point that I stepped into here. God gave me a wife has given me a beautiful family. And now I stand here today to serve you as a pastor. If I'm to summarize those dots, I would simply say this. God is good. God is good. 
Through this series, we've talked about God being all-powerful. We've talked about God being all-knowing. We've talked about the fact that God is ever-present. Today, I want to talk to you that our awesome God is perfectly good. Perfectly good. I know we say it all the time, God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good and that's his nature. Wow. Sometimes we, uh, we can understand that God is good, but to really appreciate that he's perfectly good is a whole new different thing. And my friends, today, I want to remind us, he's not just good, he's perfectly good. Perfectly good. And that's what makes him awesome. No other God is perfectly good. None. One time Jesus uh, was walking in Mark chapter 10. And this was a wealthy man that came to him in verse 17 to 18. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. And he said, good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus responded and said, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Now, Jesus was confronting a certain mindset of the day. You see, the teachers of the law that time, the religious leaders, used to present themselves as good and love to be addressed as good. Jesus reminded this man, there's only one who is perfectly good. It is God alone. We see people today who pitch themselves as good, that you need them. They tell people to carry their pictures all around. Let me tell you, there is no human being who's perfectly good. None. Only our awesome God is perfectly good. Perfectly good. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. He is perfectly, completely good in his essence and nature. There is no trace of evil or corruption in our God. Perfectly good. God is incapable of evil thoughts or ill motives. You know, as I share this, I hope you're beginning to appreciate this God of the Bible. Perfectly good. That's what makes him awesome. Morally, ethically, virtuously, uprightly, none can come close. Psalm 119 verse 68 says, you are good and do only good. It's our awesome God. Now, I know as I talk about God being perfectly good, Right now, you can think about your life 
and see that some bad things have happened in our lives. And there's a question that people always ask. If God is good, why do bad things happen to good people? Ever ask yourself a question? Or had other people ask that question? Let me start by saying, already the question has a fault. Why do bad things happen to good people? Good people? <laughs> good people? Man, we know ourselves. We are good at putting on a show of being good. But we know, all of us know, man, save for the grace of God, we wouldn't be where we are. But the reality is bad things do happen. And the reason bad things happen is we live in a fallen world. We are fallen human beings. Bad things happen because we make bad choices. Bad things will happen to us because other people make bad choices. And they will affect us. But regardless of our experiences, it does not change the fact that God remains perfectly good. Because our experience does not define God. Perfectly good. Awesome God, perfectly good. Now, how does God express his goodness to us? In multiple ways. He gives us good things, his grace, his kindness, and his forgiveness, the very breath of life that we have. All of this is God's goodness. And I've got to tell you that first we need to appreciate that this awesome God, he is perfectly good all the time. Let that sink in a little bit. One of the things Satan likes to do is to make us think that God is good sometimes. That God is only good when things are going good. Listen, my friends. Our awesome God is perfectly good all the time. All the time. Psalm 100 and verse 5 says this. For the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. You see, if God was good in the Bible, God is still good today, and he will remain perfectly good tomorrow. Perfectly good. So today, I want to dispel the lie that God is occasionally good to you. Perfectly good all the time. Yesterday, today, and forever. God is perfectly good. The Apostle Paul, I mean, he, he's a, 
a guy who experienced the goodness of God. He started out as a radical hater of God and of God's people. He didn't love the people, the Jesus people actually. And he persecuted them. He was actually a man of the law. He loved the law. And he killed. He was a murderer. He rejoiced in seeing the death of Christians. One day, he encountered Jesus. Everything about Paul's life changed. And he began to live his life to tell people about Jesus. And tell people about God, especially the Gentiles. He paid a price for it. And when he reflected on the goodness of God in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, here is what he concluded. He says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. He recognized that no matter what I face, the good, bad, and ugly. This perfectly good God all the time. He will take these things and at the end of the day, his nature comes through. He works it out for good. He is not just good all the time. He is perfectly good all the time. If you believe it, say amen. So when you reflect on your life, I promise you, you can trust the goodness of God. If today it looks like your life is going through a season of challenge, it feels like you're in a valley of the shadow of death. Listen, this perfectly good God all the time is with you even in your valley time. He's there. Perfectly good all the time. When I have a job, he's perfectly good. When I'm out of a job, he's still perfectly good. Whether I am single, he's perfectly good. When I get married, he's perfectly good. If my marriage gets on the rocks, he still remains perfectly good. He is perfectly good all the time, no matter the circumstances I face. Wow. Secondly, God is not just perfectly good all the time. He's perfectly good to all. <laughs> he is perfectly good to all. Now, my friend, as human beings, we can do good things to people. But let me tell you, human goodness is selective.
I'm a good person. You see, I do this, I do the other. All of us have people we are good to. We have people we are good to sometimes. And we have people we avoid. And some of us are seated downstairs because we are avoiding someone upstairs. <laughs> some of us are on this campus because we are avoiding someone from another campus. Some of us are online because we are avoiding meeting people in the person. Yeah. As human beings, we have selective goodness. But today I've come to let you know our awesome God is perfectly good to all, including you, my friend. And Satan likes to deceive us that God is selectively good. You see, our God is good to the pastors. But to us, we are in the struggle. <laughs> Sometimes we are like, man, God is good to the other person. I wish God can be good to me like he's good to them. And then Satan begins to deceive you. Ah, you see, God's not really good to you. Why do you continue trusting him? My friends, God is perfectly good to all. Why? Every single human being is created in the image of God. Whether they are doing good things or bad things, which is sometimes very hard to comprehend, God is still good to all. Listen to what Psalm 145 verse 9 says. The Lord is good to all. His he has compassion on all he has made. Good to all. Matthew 5, 45. He causes his son to rise on the evil as well as the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. As God, perfectly good to all. Now, the question will rise. Why does God still exercise his goodness to those who have turned his back on him? This is why. God in his goodness doesn't want anyone to perish. He will show his kindness to us when we least deserve. And the ultimate goal is that we may turn back to him. That's the goal. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. God demonstrates his own love for all of us, not just a few of us. And this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, we didn't make an application to God to send Jesus. He loved us while we didn't deserve. And he gave Jesus to die. Expressing his goodness to us, saying, I'm even going to give my own son for you before you ever believe. 
perfectly good to all. Perfectly good to all. And you might be here watching online. And you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. I challenge you today. You still carry breath. You're enjoying the blessings of God at work. And sometimes you think it's because of what I've done. Things are good for me. But listen, God is being patient. Whether you're here in this room or online, his patience that has kept you alive is for this moment so that you remember he's perfectly good because he wants you to give your life to him in response. Our response to awesome God being perfectly good is to turn back to him. Let me close. I love the story of David. David in the Bible was the least in his family. In fact, his, his dad and the rest of his siblings didn't think anything good would come out of him. And when David was anointed to be king, He said something. He said, while people look on the outside, there's a good God who sees our hearts. God sees you differently from how people see you. There are some of us, people have said all kinds of things to us because of what they see with their physical eyes. Our awesome God who is perfectly good sees good in you. And then David faces a giant, puts down the giant using just a simple stone and a sling. David uh, begins to become a man of war, a warrior, conquering different. Then at some point he was running for his life. And as a king, David made a mess. He committed adultery, lost his firstborn in that adulterous relationship. And when you see, his family wasn't perfect. It was dysfunctional. But still... He knew that this God remains perfectly good even when we are imperfect. And I want to end with this psalm. Worship team, if you can come up. David says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord, this perfectly good God. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are like nev they're never covered with shame. This poor man, David says, called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Then he says, test and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. 
Fear the Lord, you who his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. If you believe it, say amen. Awesome God is perfectly good. Perfectly good. Let's bow our heads and pray right now. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you, my friend? Take a moment, whether you're watching online or in the building. Reflect on this truth, awesome God, perfectly good. And I invite you to respond to his perfect goodness. First and foremost, if you have never given your life to Jesus, you're missing on the goodness of his grace. The goodness of his mercy. The goodness of his love. You were missing on what it means to live a life of freedom. Knowing that this awesome, perfectly good God. He has already guaranteed you a future. And a present that makes sense. If that's you and you're here. Jesus didn't come to die for those who were good. He came for us because we were a mess. We were lost. So if you're saying, I want to receive this perfect love from an awesome, perfectly good God who loves people that don't deserve, I want to give them my life, maybe for the first time, for some of you, it's a subsequent time. You may have walked away from him. Doesn't matter. This is your moment. I would love to pray with you today. Whoever you are, wherever you are, in the building, online, let us know who you are by clicking that link if you're online. But in the building, I want to pray with you as well. Would you raise your hand and say, pray with me, pastor. I want to give my life to this perfectly good God. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Just lift that hand up. A friend of mine is going to come to you saying, today's my day. I want to give my life to Jesus. Upstairs, raise that hand and someone is going to come to you. He's a good God and he loves. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. If you raise your hand in the building, if you're online and you've raised up a virtual hand, and you were saying, I want to experience the perfect love of this awesome, perfectly good God. Repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me. And you love me perfectly. That you gave your life. So I could be forgiven. And made a child of God. Today, I ask you. To be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's celebrate this incredible, awesome, perfectly good God. Who saves us when we do not deserve. Awesome God. Perfectly good. 
You know what? I want us to end with responding to his goodness in worship. Would you stand to your feet if you're online as well? Be a part of this. God is perfectly good all the time. He is also perfectly good to all. I want us to take a moment of reflection right now and think about your life. Think about your dots of God's goodness. Think about how you were born and where you are today, the journey that God has taken you through to where you are today. My friends, we can't help but respond in worship. Come on, begin to reflect and lift your hands and just begin to adore God for his goodness. Begin to tell him he's not just good. He is perfectly good. Dispel the lies. I know even now, for some of us, there is a question, really? Really? But begin by faith to acknowledge the perfect goodness of God in your life. I'm beginning to tell him, God, I acknowledge you are perfectly good. You're not just occasionally good. You're not just selectively good. You are good perfectly all the time. You are perfectly good to me. And because you're perfectly good to me, God, my life is secure in the hands of the awesome, perfectly God. And just begin to bust out in worship and honor of this awesome God that is perfectly good to us. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com. Hey, hey,